Good morning and welcome. Thank you for being part of Mariner's Church today. I am Paul. I am one of the pastors here, and it's just a privilege to be here with you. And so um, God bless you guys for coming. Thank you um, for that. Today we're going to be talking about grief. Um, That's our topic, and uh, we want to spend some time on those of you that had to travel through the triathlon traffic through El Granada and Montero and all that, you probably wish I was talking about rage and anger and uh, vindictiveness and all of that, but uh, we're not, we're not going to go there. Um, when was the last time you had a good cry? Remember that? You just had a good, good cry. Um, was it when Garoppolo's season ended? Was that the edge on the 49ers? Somebody said, my good cry was when the giant season started. <laughs> it's, just, it's just not doing very good. Sometimes we just get, when we get overwhelmed or something tough happened, man, you just need to, to let it out, don't you? You just need to kind of let the whole thing come on out. Do you know how many songs there are about crying? Boy, you look, up, look that up on the Internet, and you'll get hundreds of, of them. Ariana Grande has no tears left to cry. Taylor Swift has teardrops on her guitar. The Bee Gees have tears on their pillows, okay? And if you can go way back in time, Hank Williams was so lonesome, he could cry. There you go. And so, ah, there's just lots of stuff on grief and crying and, and all of that. We're, we're in a series that we were calling Going Through What You're Going Through, because when you're going through it, you got to go through it. I mean, that's just what you have to go through. We all go through stuff, um, me and you. It's, 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 it's life. Last week, we, we talked, as we kind of kicked off this whole series, we talked about our lives almost being like a hand of cards that we've been dealt. And each card represents a different, even aspect of life. And, and sometimes when you, man, you, you pick up, you look at the cards, and you just feel like I wasn't dealt a good hand. There are cards here that, that just don't work, that just don't make sense, that don't, that don't come together. We talked about the four cards of life, but then there's a fifth card, and the fifth card is the God card. And when we get the God card, all of a sudden, everything makes sense, and everything pulls itself together. And when we want to talk about getting through what you're going through, it's how do I take the God card, the God in my life, the God that wants to be part of my life, and how do I put it together with every other component and aspect and situation and, and, and life things that are, that, are, that are going on here? And one of the cards that you were dealt contains grief. It contains loss, which leads to grief. And we want to learn how we can use God in our lives, in our world, um, in our hearts, in order to take that whole grief situation, heal through it, move past it, and then be able to be involved in other people's lives to help them move through it, and, and grow past it as well. And that's what we want to spend a few minutes talking about this morning. Can, can I pray? Can I just pray, Lord? Some sub- sensitive subject, and this time could open up um, some hurts that people have, and so are my prayers for healing and help um, for them, and even for me as I share, Lord. Use this time for your sake in your glory, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Now, now the reason grief is so tough and, and the reason why it's so hard is, is the only time you grieve is when something's going wrong, right? You don't grieve when things are going okay. Something's wrong, something's not right. There's loss or there's brokenness. That's, that's why we would grieve. 
And, and we honestly live in a very broken and busted world, and so grief is just simply a natural part of everybody's life. We talk about the cards being dealt. No matter what hand you have, grief is part of it. It's just because we all live in this broken world in which there, there is loss. And sometimes we want to stay away and avoid grief, but I, I, I want to kind of propose or throw out to you that grief is part of God's help for when things are not right. So instead of grief being a bad thing, actually grief can be a healing thing. It is part of God's help for when things are not right. And so grief in itself is, is not bad, it's good. And that might sound kind of, of, of weird, but I want us to understand that proper grief, proper grief and working through the steps of grief are very healing to you and are very healing to other people as well as we help them get through that. If I don't go through grief or if I get stuck in grief, it's going to cause all kinds of other problems in my life and in people, people's lives around me as well. And so grief really helps us get over it. It helps us let go and it begins to shape our lives and then it helps us be people that can touch other people's lives in a very helpful way. Now, now in their book, How People Grow, um, Henry Cloud and John Townsend list certain stages of grief, and we're going to look at some of those and kind of elaborate on that because these are the ways that we have to be able to move through grief and situations that's going on in our lives. And so here they go, if you want to take, take notes on this one. First of all, number one, you will experience the loss you will be experiencing loss. And this is obviously the trigger. This is going to trigger the whole, whole grief. Um, there's an object, a situation, a hope, and it goes away. It's loss. I mean, it's just simply loss. I, I told you I, um, that I, we lost our dog last year. Man, that was tough, you know? I mean, you know losing a bat is tough, but, man, when it really hits you, it really, it really hits you hard, you know? And if you've ever lost a dog... Or a cat, you know. <laughs> you know it. I mean, you know it. It, 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 it hurts. You, 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 you grieve through it. And, and sometimes we only kind of relegate grief to, to a person passing. But actually, grief can be, happen over, over anything. Big and sometimes, even times, sometimes small. And every time there is a loss of any kind, there's, there's grief. It happens a dozen times a day. When you were a kid, did you ever lick an ice cream cone and, and all of a sudden the ice cream goes, what? You know, pops and, and, and flops off, you know? And you're sitting there looking at, what do you do? Oh, you pick it up and put it back on. That's right. <laughs> no, a little kid will cry. They'll, why? Because there's what? What's that word? There's loss. There is loss there at that point in time. You know, now if it happens, you just know, well, God doesn't want me to get 400 calories into my system at this point in time. That's small, but it's loss, okay? We grieve whenever there's loss of, 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 any, of any kind. And it can be a loss of ice cream cone. It can be loss of a dream. It can be loss of an opportunity. It can be loss of a wish, loss of a hope, loss of a relationship, loss of a marriage, loss of a life. Loss of health. We have to grieve through all of those things. Mother's Day is coming up. Um, next weekend is, is Mother's Day. And, and maybe you've dreamed of having a family of your own, and it hasn't happened yet. It may never happen. That is a loss of a dream. That's a loss that you have to grieve in order to become healthy. So it starts off with loss. That's the trigger. It next moves to, and this is pretty normal, 
the next protest, okay? And I'll just use the term protest. But basically, what it's saying is you get hit with the loss or you get hit with the news. And the first thing we want to say is what? No. You know, no. No. You know, you, you drop your ice cream cone, it's falling off, and you say, no, 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 you know, because you don't want it to happen. Um, you ever get the phone call, you know, the hard phone call, and what's your first response? No, you know, no. In my job, I have to tell people a lot of times news they don't want to hear, and their first response is, it, it can't be true. No, it can't be true. You're going numb. You, you can't think right. And, it, and it's because my emotions are here, and they just simply haven't caught up to the reality of life, the reality of the situation. My emotions are still here trying to process, and they can't catch up to it yet. And so they're getting stuck here, and they're saying, no, 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 I cannot grasp the reality of the situation. Maybe they misdiagnosed it. Maybe she wasn't in the car. Maybe it's all a mistake. That's a normal process. That's what we have to go through, and it's the time where our emotions are working to try and catch up to the reality of the situation. Make sense? Next, and this is the hard part of grief. I go through the despair. This is the chunks. You know, this is when you feel like your heart's just breaking apart, you know, because all of a sudden you have the reality and your emotions are grabbing on to that. You feel empty and hollow. This is the pain of grief. The wish and the reality smash up against each other. Something has to give way. I wish it was this way, but it's not, okay? I want it to be this way, but it's not this way. And, and this is a really critical stage in the whole way of processing grief here. Because, again, something has to give way, the wish or the reality. This is so fragile that if you're going through major grief, you can go in a few ways. You can go in a couple different directions. For instance, you can stay in denial, and some people do that. They stay in denial for days or even for weeks about the whole situation. They stay in denial about it because the pain is so great. Some people will try and numb the pain of it. And this is where it's a very fragile point. If you have had addictions in the past, you will want to go back to those addictions or back to those chemicals because they have helped you numb the pain on that. And sometimes people go back to substance dependency or fake relationships, or bad habits, or, or even act out. Sometimes people are saying, why is my son acting out so much going through the divorce? Why are they acting out? It's because it's their way of simply trying to process the despair. They're going to that which can help numb the pain. Some people try and bargain. You know, they go into the bargain mode with God. You know, God, if you heal him, then I will. God, if you take this away, you know, then I will do this. Or sometimes people will go into what I'll just simply call the protest mode. You know, the protest mode. Because God didn't cure or heal this person, I'm going to keep myself from him. Because my parents went through a divorce when I was eight years old, and I prayed and prayed and prayed that they wouldn't. Because God didn't answer my prayers, I'm going to protest against God, and I'm not going to be close to him because God let me down. This is trying to cope with the grief. And this protest mode can last for a really, really long time. Really long time. Some of you may recognize some of these, these situations because you might say, yeah, I'm kind of in denial mode or I'm kind of in protest mode or I'm, I'm kind of in bargain mode, you know, right, right now on this one. 
And if you're going to get stuck in grieving, you're going to get stuck here. Okay, you're going to get stuck here. This is where we get stuck. Now, our, our emphasis this year is on hope, esperanza. You know, the word, the words are behind me, and 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 this is where the God thing has to come in to kind of break the logjam of of this stuck mode. Hope is a confidence that a loving God is in charge of life and of my life, and no matter what happens, whether it's good or bad, He's in control and it's going to be okay. And this is where we have to get to on this. Um, this is where the God part has to come in. And this is why hope is so critical for us, that there is a God, and he's in control of this. He's in charge of this, and he knows what's going on, and I'm going to be okay through this, even though it's very painful and it's very hurtful right now. So the Bible says this. It's talking to a church of people that were like us. Dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who've died so you'll not grieve like people who have no hope. Now, grieving is okay because it says that. Grieving is all right here. Just don't grieve like people who have no hope. We have hope. We have hope in this that God's in charge. You have no hope, then we have a very random, weird, crazy, broken-down world. I, I, I visited a woman a couple weeks ago you know, and, and you know, went up to a room and, and I do the hospital visits and 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 um, we're we're talking, we're talking, we're talking, you know, and 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 I'm trying to kind of cheer her spirit because she said to me, you know, I won't recover from this. They say I will never go home again. Meaning basically she knew she was she was terminal, you know. And and I had to say, you understand something? We're all terminal. <laughs> you know, we're all terminal. It's just a matter of when. You know, it's just a matter of when. And, 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 and as we're sitting there talking, I was you know, like looking out her window. She had a great view, great view of the bay, you know. And I'm thinking, this may be the last view of the outside world she has, you know. It was, you know, it was. But I had to say, we have to understand the hope that we have, that God's in charge of, of the world and my world. You will not go home to heaven one nanosecond before it's God's perfect plan for your life. Not one second. This is not some mistake. You know, God didn't just say, oh my gosh, I forgot about all about her, and now look what's going on here. God knows exactly every detail of life. Every detail. And you're not going to go home one moment, one moment, one breath, before God says, it's right. And so... So the next point, what you have to do in processing through grief, and this one's really key, you have to let go and you have to grab on. And let me tell you what that means. Letting go and grabbing on. Um, you, you've probably met people who are stuck, maybe stuck in their grief. You know, you, you, you've maybe spent time with them, and it's like, oh, man, they're still reliving this, and they're not, just not getting over it. And, and the question you would ask when you walk away or leave them is, why can't they move on? You know, why can't they just let go of this? You know, why can't they just let go of it? You can't, and maybe it's you. Why can't I let go? Why can't I? And it's a valid question to ask. And when it's with somebody else, um, you ask that question. But a follow-up question is this. Let go to what? Grief is often like, like a trapeze. 
you know, if you've been to the circus, you've seen the trapeze artists, you know, and, and they're doing their thing, swinging back and forth, you know, back and forth, and they do all their things, all this kind of stuff. Well, with a trapeze, there's never only one trapeze. There's always what? There's always another one. There's always another one, you know? And, and, and a trapeze person that's person, trapeze artist that's going back and forth swinging, they're not going to let go of this trapeze until what? There's another one there. It would be crazy to let go of this one if there's nothing there. And a lot of times when we're going through grief, we can't let go of the grief if there's nothing else to grab onto. And so this is what we say about grief is you have to let go of this to grab onto this. But if this is not there for you, you're not going to let go. And this is where when we're working with people or when we're ministering to people or serving people or loving on people, um, we have to help them understand there's something there to grab onto. And if you're here and you're still swinging back and forth, God, I want to let you know with all my heart there is something else that you can grab onto. You have to let go, though. You can't grab onto both. You can't do that. You have to let go of one when you grab onto the other. And here are the things that are there for you to grab onto. First of all, let go and grab on to God. Okay? Um, to this one woman, I had to tell her, look, there's not one second before, before, you know, God's in charge of this. You can let go. Let go and completely trust God in all of this. And we can say when we have God and when God is involved in this or when we, you know, pull out that God card, um, this loss or this relationship or this dream or this wish, God was not clueless. God knew exactly what he was doing. So Job, who lost more than anybody could ever lose in the Bible, this is the, the encouragement to him. Put your heart right, Job. Here it is. Reach out to God. Reach out. Then face the world again, firm and courageous. You see that? Go ahead. Reach out, reach out to God. You can let go of this because you've got a very trustworthy God that's here. It says, then all your troubles will fade from your memory, which is what we would want. Like floods that are past, remembered no more. Your life will be brighter than sunshine at noon, and life's darkest hours will shine like the dawn. You live secure and full of hope. Reach out to God. But there's another one that's coming at us we have to grab onto, and that would be to other people as well. We have to reach out to others. The Bible says, be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. That would be our job. There are going to be people out there that are weeping, and we need to be there for them as they what? As they weep, as they go through the, the, the grief. People can't grieve like they should if they're not loved enough to be sustained, okay? People cannot grieve like they should unless they are loved enough to be sustained. If I don't have somebody loving me, I am not going to let go. Because it's scary to let go of this, because this is what I know. People are not going to let go of grief until they're loved enough to be sustained. Um, I've asked this question before. We've talked about this one before. Do you ever wonder why God made us weep with our eyes? Why our eyes, of all the crazy places, we have tears? I mean, when you think of the whole crying thing, it's kind of weird anyway. Why do we even have to do that? Why do we even have to cry with our eyes? 
you know? And then you start crying, your face, your eyes get all puffy and red, you know, and, and you look horrible and you <laughs> feel horrible, you know, and you talk all goofy like that kind of stuff. Why? I mean, why you'd think that God would make it just, you could cry through your, between your toes. How about that, you know? Then your socks just get wet, you know, instead of all this other stuff, you know, having, having to come. Why did God make us cry with our eye? It's like the most obvious part of us. When you're looking at me, you're looking at my face, you're looking at my eyes. If it's the most obvious part of you, that should give you a clue on why God did it this way. It's so others can see. Okay? It's so other people can see. Someone should be looking at us when we're crying. God designed it that way. Somebody should be looking at you when you're crying. I think grief is done in community. It's done with others. The process has to be done with other people looking at you. It just should be. That gives us a clue. You are not meant to weep alone. And then we get, you know, the puffy eyes and the red face and the snots running down, you know. If you can look at me and show me love when I look like that, you know, I've got something to hold on to. Okay. Next, you have to say goodbye. You have to say goodbye. Okay, you got people around you. Now you have to go back and start saying goodbye to those things. You have to choose to let go of what cannot be because it can't be. It just can't be anymore. And this is emotions and reality have come together. Um, and you have to say goodbye to what will never be. And when does it happen? It just depends upon the situation. It really does. I told you that when I was in my 20s, one of my best friends, kid I grew up with, two doors down, died. I mean, we shared everything together played in the dirt together, played football together, played baseball, you know, ran around, talked about girls together. We went to the same church. I led him to Christ, okay? This is closest friend, you know, hours of laughing and growing, and, and he died. And I was in Florida, and he was in Southern California, and I flew back. And it, it, a couple of years later, I, I actually had to do this, and this was very healing for me. I had to go to all the places, either physically or in my mind, and say goodbye to all of those places where we did things together. This is a place we used to take a, take a ball and, and play catch. This is a place where we used to run together. This is a canyon we used to run up together. This is a place we used to cycle together. And I had to every time say goodbye to that. This is a place we'd go eat a burger together. I had to say goodbye to all of those places. And it was hard and it was healing to me for that. And then I had to say goodbye to the future as well. I had to say goodbye to that. Um, I had to say goodbye to us never getting old together and talking about our kids. I had to say goodbye to not being in his wedding. I had to say goodbye to that. You have to do that. And you have to move through that, but you can move through that again with God and with others. That God is giving you a whole new normal, and that new normal actually can work. That's why sometimes the first Christmas without the loved one is so hard, because you have to live a new normal now without him. The first anniversary, you have to say goodbye. You have to say it. That's why the Bible says a sad face is good good for the heart. You just have to move through that. And the last part is newness, wisdom, and usefulness um, because you actually come through this new, wiser, and more useful. 
Here it says, all praise to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, God's merciful Father. He's a source of all comfort. I love that, the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they're troubled, we'll be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. So we're no longer on this trapeze. We're now on this one. When others are saying, I need someone to grab onto, we become those people. Um, I'm not sure we always ever completely get over it. And as you're looking back in your life, you know, I'll never be the same. And you're not supposed to be the same. When you say, well, when is it going to get back to normal? It never will get back to perfect normal because things have changed now. But you've come through stronger, better, different, more dependent upon God. You have pleasant memories, thankfulness for what was greater wisdom and understanding, and then usefulness. And this is what I love. The Bible says this, weeping may last for the night, joy. It's joy that comes in the morning. I'd like to ask the worship team to come on up right now. You know, as you kind of look through your life, as we wind this part down, um, if you're a person, human, living and breathing, you've experienced loss. Not just loss of a parent, not just loss of a pet, loss of a dream, loss of a hope, loss of a wish. Maybe your life is not being written the way you wish it could be or would be, and you have to grieve that, and that's okay. There are people there that would be willing to walk with you, and there's always a God there that's the God of all comfort. God would say, here I am. I will provide for you people, and I'll provide myself. Last verse, and then we're going to pray book of Revelation, this is eternity and it says this about God, he'll wipe every tear from their eyes there'll be no more death, sorrow or crying or pain all these things are gone forever that's the life we have to look forward to pray with me please God um, talked about how to get through this stuff but um Sometimes doing it's hard. And my emotions get in the way of stuff. And praying for not just myself, others here that find themselves struggling, stuck, hurting. May your presence right now, this moment, be comfort. comfort that you are aware and you know and that you do wipe every tear from our eyes. It's you. So you know the tears are falling. You know the heartbreak, the hope that's never going to happen, the dream that's never going to be fulfilled. But you will provide something better and I pray that we would trust you for that. And there would be that joy of you now. God, thank you. Thank you for your greatness in this and through this. Father, help us to find the peace 
peace in what you provide, that we will follow you no matter what. And we thank you in Jesus' name.